0: Hello everyone, welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I hope you're all doing well. First off, I apologize for the gulf in time between episodes. I think it's been seven days, eight days since Andy and I recorded and that is entirely my fault. Um, Yeah, sort of life has gotten in the way this week and uh, I have not been able to... uh, to get to the microphone and uh, lay out our thoughts and record. So I apologize for that. Um, before I bring Andy on to discuss the absolutely wonderful result that Aroma managed against Juve, which was just a absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal result, performance. Very, very happy to see that. Um, have to acknowledge our wonderful Patrons at Patreon. I think we've grown more in the last 30 days than we have in the last three months. So I have to thank all of you who have become patrons with us at Patreon. Um, first off, Jorma Niemanin, who you can find on Twitter at think and deliver. So that's at think and deliver. And then Paul Fupiani, who you can find at English Romanisti so that is at English Romanisti thank you too very much for becoming patrons again without you guys none of this is possible um, a lot of you know the the podcast the website it's not my, what I do full-time it's not my full-time job so your support allows us to continue to build this entire thing that we're, we're trying to create here with podcast website there is so much more that I want to do um, But none of that is really possible without your support. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you to all of our wonderful patrons at Patreon. Again, none of this without you. None of this is possible. Um, Again, just what I have envisioned for the website, the podcast, is I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface. Um, By by showing your support, this allows us to do more. Um, A lot of you know that for nearly all of the articles that are published on the website I'm I'm literally the only one who writes um I would like to be able to bring some people on who can uh get some more content out there for us more more stories more articles and then that way I can do more um more of the exclusive stuff which which is what I really really enjoy doing I enjoy interviewing agents I enjoy doing the the, the articles involving Alto, other people at the club—that's the stuff I really, really have a passion for. But you know, we—I I still have to get a lot of the content out, just the everyday stuff, the interviews, uh, the the transfer rumors, news, all that stuff. Um, so again, what what your support allows us to do is to build this out into the the vision that I have for. It because I feel like again with the website, the podcast, I, I feel like we have just scratched the surface of it and there's so much more I want to do. I don't want to be doing a bi-weekly podcast. I would like to do something every single day. Um, maybe not a podcast that's an hour long every day, because I, I think we would be, we would be scraping the bottom of the barrel for, for talking points. And that's the last thing I would want to do. But even if it's a daily half hour podcast, that is where I want to get this at some point. Um, But without your support, none of that is possible. So thank you, all of our wonderful patrons at Patreon. If you would like to join by becoming a patron, you can get early access to the podcast. You can also get extra episodes of the podcast. And you can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash Press or go to the support page at the top of romapress.net. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you who have um, become patrons. Again, without you absolutely impossible all of this so it it truly means a lot so thank you um let me bring andy on now we're going to discuss obviously roma 2 juve 0 really just i didn't really know where to start out with discussing this match because I, i i feel like there was a lot to take away from it Yes, I I know when I got excited about it, of course I I get ugh, at, at least a dozen uh juventini messaging me. Well, the season is over for us. Nobody cares, we don't care. Uh, I care, okay? I care, and I'm sure a lot of you care, okay? I I oh, nothing nothing gets under my skin more than than when you get rival supporters to try to absolutely piss on your parade when you're in a great mood. It's just, but besides from that, it, it was a really, really great evening. Um and I I was I was happy to see a, a sort of a full stadium. I I had actually a couple of people send me a direct message on Twitter, one of whom is Roma Press Patriot Michael Sheehan. Michael, I hope you had a, a safe trip and hope you enjoyed the match. Um but I had a couple of individuals message me about the pricing of the tickets uh at the Olimpico for the match against Juve. Um, this is something I, I forget which podcast I. You'd have to venture back. I, I I apologize if I don't have the exact episode number right, but I'm almost certain it was in the first dozen or two. I, who knows? I could be wrong. I, I, I barely even muster up which day of the which day of the week it is correctly. But um, I had a couple of people, uh, as I said, mention to me the pricing of the tickets for the match between Roma and Juve, and this is something I have discussed before. It's something that I've lamented in the past. Anyone, whether you've been there one time or you're a subscription holder to to uh, to Roma matches at the Olympico, I, I'm uh, <laughs> the way the English Premier League does it is absolutely sensational. Their pricing most of the time is actually very very reasonable. Um, some of the pricing at the Olympico with Roma is really annoying really disappointing and i i was i was a bit upset to see some of the pricing that uh that the club had for the match it's just you have such a huge stadium and some of the pricing that they have in the in in specific areas is just mind-boggling to me you can always get a good seat for a very very low price in the um in the quarter of a Nord, um, but nobody—I I mean, nobody—particularly likes to sit there during a during a Roma match. But yeah, I—I I don't know. Um, maybe we could get someone on here from the club to potentially discuss that at length. I, you know, I know a lot of you who who listen to this don't necessarily attend matches or live outside of of Italy, so it may not be a subject you you care about. But I—I I think. You know, just for the greater good of the club, I, I, I think there needs to be more transparency. Um, because, yeah, for, for such a big match, for some of the pricing that, that I saw that the club put out for, it, it's a huge match. I mean, it's it's essentially a derby, not as big as uh, the, the derby against Lazio. But, I mean, it's still a huge, huge match. And to see some of the pricing they put out for this was really, really disheartening. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would like to see what someone from the club would say about that. So... Yeah. Anyway, sorry for that little tangent there. Let me uh, let me bring Andy on now to discuss uh, Roma two Juve zero. All right, everybody, we are back. An extraordinary, extraordinary victory for Roma over Juve two to zero. Uh, Andy, I a lot of talking points from this one. A lot of people are pointing to the well. It was over for Juve. I'm sorry, but even when it's over for Juve, they're better than Roma. And I thought yesterday they were spectacular, spectacular.
1: Um, spectacular, maybe not. They struggled significantly in the first half. I, I thought they they really struggled to, to keep up with, with the quality and the tempo that Juve dictated. When over then dropped off, Roma did a good job in the second half to really press them high and 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 sort of they were much more aggressive. Um, and then, you know, after that incident with Florenzi, it sort of seemed like the, the team uh, had something to play for. It's It seemed like some of the players had a chip on their shoulders um, because otherwise in the first half I thought we were just too relaxed and I was really worried because... A game of this magnitude against this sort of opponent is a must-win game, and it it should be a game that all players give their best to.
0: Yeah, so let okay, let me clarify. The first half was shit, but (laughs) they were sensational, and they were sensational in the sense that do we could you remember a time throughout this season where Roma suffered so heavily, but they didn't concede a goal because. Look at how many moments where this team would suffer and suffer and they would concede one, two goals in a span of five minutes. I mean, I I really have to give Ranieri credit in that regard where they do suffer. They're not afraid to suffer, but they they don't turn off. I thought the manner and the degree to which they suffered and didn't bend. Yes, it took two or three miracle saves from Antonio Mirante but I just thought the manner in which they suffered and the way they handled the pressure was absolutely spectacular.
1: Hey, um, yeah, right. And, and you know, it's not by coincidence that you say this, and um, I could easily point to one of my favorite players last night, Nzonzi, having... Easily now I'm I'm gonna just say easily this was easily his best game considering the opponent considering the the tempo the difficulty of the game I thought this was easily his best game as a Roma player uh, he made he he completely bullied Ronaldo off the field bullied off DiBala uh, just dominated. Same with Fazio. Fazio had a great game and uh, anticipated on a lot of plays. And actually, most of the times yesterday, it was Manolas who had been cut off, uh, off position for for a while. But, you know, it's again, it's, it's a team effort, right? So we see this Roma team under Ranieri, obviously still not a great-looking side, but a side that nonetheless can sort of... Maintain a, a solid, you know, just a solid formation at the back. They 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 at times they can show that they can be a good defensive team. Um, Mirante was spectacular. He really the, the, some of those saves, the one on Cuadrado, those are saves that kids make, not goalkeepers like like him at his age and uh, you know, especially of, of of his reputation if he even has one. Um, just. I'm sorry it's just great to see you know it's uh Jesus. I, I'm just I'm sorry <laughs> this is no no I didn't mean that okay just the great great saves but otherwise this team can be can be good they can be good it's just that the one thing that was missing for me was that sort of dog instinct that we had when we had players like nine golan and Schrottman that's the that's the thing that irritated me the most when uh, Ronaldo, started talking shit to Florenzi is that we didn't have that pit bull uh, with us and and nobody really knew what to do. Like a similar situation to that that we witnessed when uh, Olsen went down against Cagliari and the Cagliari players got around him and nobody went to pick him up or, or, you know, stand up for him. Same situation yesterday, which indicates that there are still some just deep flaws within the locker room itself.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought up, Flo, or not Florenzi. Well, we can get to him later, obviously. That, that will certainly have to be addressed. But I'm glad you brought up Zonzi because, you know, it, it's just what a novel fucking concept this is, that you play a player in his preferred position. You ask him to, to, to do his role, to show the characteristics at which he is best, and wow, you, you have a player. Um, if you have an Nzonzi performing like this at this level, I don't know how anybody would want him to go. Um, if we had this Nzonzi throughout the season, I, I mean, he would without question be one of the, the, the best players of the entire season. I agree with you. I thought yesterday was everything that I have been saying that he is meant to do. He's meant to break up balls. He's meant to win the aerial duels. He's meant to over-out muscle players, recover the ball. And he did that. Um, and you mentioned Fazio. I mean, Fazio had better runs forward with the ball than Pellegrini. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's I mean, true. I, I recall two or three moments where uh, Fazio carries the ball just outside the area, and he sets Roma up with these just incredible opportunities on goal. Um, I thought he was as used spectacular. Florenzi obviously, he is a guy we've yes, been let's very, do very it. harsh let's on. Let's say
1: it, yeah. So,
0: I, listen, um, again, I, I get a lot of these people incapable of carrying more than one thought in the head <laughs> at a moment, and it's See, you were wrong about Florenzi. He scored the goal. You don't know what you're talking about. But it's like, you know, one performance doesn't erase everything. But I'm not going to come on here and absolutely level against the guy. He was spectacular. Um, I have to be honest with you, before the match, if anyone wants to have PTSD, um, go watch how Florenzi performed against Ronaldo in the Champions League. What was that, a year ago, two years ago? Um, Oh, my God. He was eaten alive, and I was extremely worried, but he held his own. Um, There were moments where, in my opinion, Spinazzola really...
1: Yeah, he struggled.
0: uh, Yeah, I thought Spinazzola, on a number of occasions, just blew by Florenzi, but he did well. Uh, Ronaldo, in my opinion, was quiet for the most part. He had a couple of opportunities, but... I thought Roma held him in check very, very well. And listen, the move for the goal, um, what a beautiful piece of action that was. I mean, that was – you couldn't have asked for a better move on goal. I thought that was amazing.
1: Yes, and uh, on on this, we have to highlight uh, Cengiz finally showing up. Mm. Under finally had a meaningful substitute – performance as a substitute where – when he really came on, he changed the game. Uh, he started really putting a lot of pressure on that right wing, um, helping out Florenzi because Clivert was messy. Yesterday, it wasn't his game. He yeah, still, he four. still, he still struggles when when there is the physical side to the game. He, you can see him getting sort of a grip on the defensive side of the game, but at the same time, when you're not physical enough against players like Matwidi uh, Pjanic Ronaldo it's it's he was he he looked out of his element and uh, and under instead he looked fearless and he went up against Chiellini, went up against Spinazzola just kept running there and you know the goal is also thanks to him and again that's credit to Florenzi because that's when I saw that move uh, that run into the box, and especially that shot, which is really difficult considering Szczesny did a great job of of, of getting out of goal and spreading out, uh, made it really difficult to to sort of get the ball over him. That was a great move by Florenzi, and that is still uh, sort of evidence of what a player he could have been and what a player he was up until four, three, four years ago. Um, where he was just really special and he was just that additional engine to the team. Now he is not, but he shows glimpses and yesterday I thought it was great to see him finally play with a chip on his shoulder, because most of the time he, he plays I'm sorry, but like a headless chicken. Meanwhile, yesterday, after that insult from Ronaldo, you could really see him play with a purpose. Great to see him also, you know, run to the curva and, and sort of Get his moment, well deserved. Um, yeah, yeah, that was great. It, it was, it was just that. It, it's, it was a game of, of of many faces, but that that particular highlight was was special. That I think that is a, like a, a season saver for for Florenzi, who really struggled this season and is sort of one of the few players that under Ranieri have really sort of changed and and for the better.
0: Yeah, and listen, as someone who is, um, I'm 193 centimeters, so 64 inches tall, I always love a good uh, short joke, um, but Ronaldo clearly, <laughs> uh, he, uh, yeah, something like uh, lit under him after that. He looked completely different, way more reassured. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that was a great moment, particularly after he scored. That That was great to watch. Um, I, I want to talk about Dzeko now. I I, listen, I am absolutely guilty of... I, I am a huge, huge supporter of his. You and I have said on this podcast a number of times, we're not big supporters of his personality flaw, which is him moping around the pitch at numerous times, which he even did yesterday a couple of moments that yes, really, really annoyed yes. me. But I just... I just, I don't know what it is. There's something inside of me. I really think he's underappreciated to a massive degree. And I also think that he he gave an interview the other day and I I, I feel like he took a lot of stick where he said something to the effect of, and maybe you saw it, that he's made history in terms of scoring with this club, right, but he's won right, nothing. Right. Yep, yep. And a lot of, um, of course, the, the Romanisti 1.0, Took issue with that and Koyoni this Koyoni that, but
1: <laughs> he sounded like a Soprano character.
0: <laughs> oh, piss off! <laughs> you have to, uh, you have to appreciate what he's done. I don't care if you like him or not. I mean, if you go just by the numbers, and everybody knows I, when it comes to t- statistics, Jesus. Um, in my opinion, I don't think you can base anything strictly off statistics. They tell ten percent of the story in football, but if you just look at his statistics, I mean, he is one of the most prolific goal scorers at this club, and I do feel like he takes nothing but stick. And I'll never understand why. I I, I just.
1: But, but I know, I know, John. But I I I know, John. But at the same time, statistics also tell you that he could have been so so yes. much better oh, even at yes. roma with all the chances he had because because he's a special player you know i'm one of his biggest critics i i sometimes i can't stand watching him really sometimes i just wish we had a a, a really a, a proven substitute to sort of give him some bench time because sometimes he just looks like he needs some time to think things over but 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 yesterday again it's one of those performances where for the whole first half he was basically playing uh, as part of Juve's back yeah. four. Um he was that bad. He was he was really he was. that bad. He, he was, was not a, a Roma player. He was he was playing with a Juve shirt on his back making things easier for the opponent. And moping. And, I, I, and I, I then he did the it of times
0: yesterday. Moping, that. yes.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, he started talking shit to Cliver. started talking shit to Pellegrini which again, it's, and then on this in the second half, uh, he comes on and finally you also see him start playing yeah. with the purpose, sort of going more physical with Giellini, not falling over, but really, you know, bumping against opponents, gets that yellow card where he shows sort of determination going for the ball. And it was all ball. I don't, I don't know why yeah, he that got was, that, that was yellow. Yeah, and and then and then he has that as assist where he where he basically he, he reads Florenzi's move perfectly and the goal, and you wonder well, you know you could have made things easier and play like that in the first half, and I just I'm, I appreciate the player for what he's done at Roma, but at the same time I can't help but think. You know, he, he hasn't done enough. He could have done more because he really could have. It just sometimes is that character that gets in the way. Sometimes I don't know what he thinks. He just decides not to play. And other times he just does everything one could ask for. And um, and in the second half, in those final 15, 20 minutes, he bullies Juve off the pitch, completely dominates Facilitates movement from, from Zagnolo, from Fralenci, from for Under into the box. And look at that the goal of his. He basically sprints mm, like 30, 40 meters. Yep. Absolutely forward. right. It, it, again, that's a play, he's a player that does that, but at the same time, in the same game, decides not to run on a number of occasions. Uh, El Sharawi crosses the ball into the pitch, pitch perfect cross. Nobody there. Jekyll is late because he decided not to run you know that's that's the frustrating aspect of his game
0: yeah so again nobody's going to argue his his character flaws we've discussed them at length I I just feel and maybe this is more of the 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 non-supporter side the the writer portion coming out but I feel like okay so you take his goals over these past seasons he's been with the club and and let's just say you you put that number on the transfer market. Ah oh, fuck, Inter just scored two. Um okay, so Inter one zero over Kievo as we speak. Um anyway, that totally threw me off. My train. God damn it. We knew that was going to happen. But anyway, um, I feel like if you just took his goal tally. You erased his name. You don't know it's Jekyll, and you put that on the transfer market. What he's done at Roma over these past few seasons, I mean, it's not a 13-million-euro player. It's a 40-, 50-, 60-million-euro player. And I I, I feel like he is not appreciated to the degree that I think he warrants. Listen, we could make a 30-minutes-long YouTube video about his missed opportunities. I mean, do we remember his first season? I mean, he's missing a wide open goal against Palermo after, (laughs) after steroid ridden (sighs) Micon delivers the perfect cross I've ever seen, the most perfect cross I've ever seen, and there's literally nobody there, and he puts it wide. Um,
1: Yeah, I thought, and Micon got depressed after that (laughs) and basically stopped playing football. Yeah, yeah. (laughs)
0: Listen, we could again, we could make. You're absolutely right in the sense that he could have done so much more. Especially if you took away this season and you take away the first season. I mean, my God, if you just take those two and you looked at the missed chances from him. I mean, he'd be the Capo Cagnetti almost every season if he buries almost half of those. So you're undoubtedly, unequivocally correct in that regard. I just feel like... A club of Roma size, I, I, I feel like at times, I don't know who we think we are to believe that we we, we, we could get someone that much better. I mean, genuinely, because I, I still see, even after the match, people calling, oh, he still has to go, he's uh, just all these names, all these insults. Um, for those who don't speak Italian, just I, I don't want to talk <laughs> about what Pipa means, but... i just i feel like he gets insulted so much more and it's so unfair um given what he's done i i have to tell you i mean we we look at the transfer market and we talk about players coming in coming out i genuinely think he will be the most difficult one to replace if he is sold in the summer and i i i mean that sincerely
1: I, you know, I was thinking because it's like I again coming back to my point. I, I agree with you. It is going to be difficult to replace Jako because Jako is does not only equate goals. On his good days, he equates a good game. Right? Mm. On his good days, he completely changes the complexity of the game. Uh, he sucks in the defense. He goes. He goes basically on as a winger at times. He helps out the defense, goes back to the midfield. His hold-up play I is mean, still some it, of the
0: best in the world, though.
1: His Yeah, if you want to watch the perfect Roma game for him in a Roma shirt, go watch both Chelsea, Chelsea. games.
0: Mm. Correct.
1: both chelsea yep. games uh, if you want to watch his goal scoring abilities watch that at stanford bridge if you want that the the where we're basically the hold up play he watch, drags all watch... three
0: defenders and then exactly. lays it on a plate so... for pedotti <laughs> beautiful
1: it. beautiful but that's exactly that's yeah. that's a testament to to what he is capable of and I just can't help but think, you know, what if he really had a worthy substitute that sort of gave him a little competition? Because if you remember, in that first season at Roma, at the end of the season when Spalletti came on, where was Dzeko? Dzeko was mostly on the bench right. with Perotti playing as a false nine, right. uh, El Shirawi and Mohamed Salah up front, uh, and then Totti was the one coming on, right? And that was... That was Dzeko's last months in, in in his first year, and and then what happened? Next year comes on Capucanoniere, all sorts of records, goal scorer in uh, top goal scorer in the Europa League, one of the best seasons of a Roma player ever, um, and you could just see that 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 he really was determined to prove something. And now I just can't help but wonder what if. If it wasn't for a chick, if it wasn't for a banged up Perotti, uh, you know, maybe someone is even if it wasn't for De who was brought on to be a winger. um, You know, I I feel like Dzeko could have been so much better because he is in the history books at Roma. That's no that there is no doubt about
0: it. Um, So you want to go on then, just based on the way you're you're talking
1: I I no I yes I want him gone because he represents the old guard that I'm tired of. I'm tired of and I don't think they can contribute anything more to this team. If this team wants to sort of start a new cycle, they need to end it right here. And that doesn't apply only to Jekyll. that applies to many other players. But at the same time I, I you know I recognize that he's incredible. It's just that I I I truly believe after watching him play at Wolfsburg after watching him play at Manchester City I re- I easily believe he could have been even even better at Roma
0: now wait a minute you can't just throw that out and na- not name names who else do you want gone
1: well uh look I I yeah, I, I <laughs> basically I I'm okay with everyone um Certainly, the old guard, I I certainly think that a guy like Kolarov, his time is up. His time is up. Um, What about De Rossi? De De Rossi, I just don't know how much more he can give. I'm, I'm, I'm also one of those fans that is in love with De Rossi, but there comes a point, and he also probably knows it, that you just have to decide how much more can you give to this team. And it is not up to De Rossi. Uh, to, to you know, to sort of find a, a worthy substitute it's up to Roma to sort of recognize that as the real issue because we've been talking about it ever since. Everybody has been talking about it. Journalists have been talking about it, that that is an issue for Roma. And, um, you know, then can we, can we find somebody better than Manolas? I don't know. But I certainly recognize that the defense is not a defense that it, it will allow you to go places um, and then who do we want to build around in the in the near future um, who are the pillars to this team because you know there are many questions about Pellegrini um, I like I personally like Pellegrini I just don't think that he he still quite knows what his potential is. I don't know if he knows what sort of footballer he wants to be. And it's in a team like Roma, in a team like the Roma that we've seen this season, this is a question that has troubled a lot of players. Who does Cristante want to be? What sort of player does he want to be? What sort of position that you want to play in? Um, same goes for Pellegrini. Same goes for Zaniolo, who struggled a lot um, in these recent games. I, this is a team... We've talked about this too. It's flawed, it's you know, has a lot of bad blood in it and a lot of players underperform. but this is a, a most importantly a team that has a sort of identity crisis. And in order to rebuild a new identity, a lot of pieces need to be gone.
0: We've talked about it a couple of times on here, but I, I do think this summer does represent sort of a, a chance for a rebirth, so to speak. A Pellegrini I you know I thought he was really really bad yesterday I don't know about you I agree yes I, I thought that yes. was I thought he was anonymous you know he's one of those players where listen if I if I can't name what your best attribute is or your best characteristic it's sort of like okay well, why are you here um, I don't know what Pellegrini does well um yeah I mean we've seen him play in the number 10. He's done well there obviously. I don't think he's a metzala. I think we we have two we have two seasons of evidence now in my opinion to where in that role I think he becomes a bit anonymous and I think it's very clear that he is not meant for that role. And, I again, I, I don't know what he does well. Yes, he has good assists to his name. I, I guess you could say he delivers he, a good dead yes, ball. Yes, yes. But beyond that, I you know, what does he really do that's great? I don't know. Now, it's difficult to judge because, obviously, he's been under you. See, with Di Francesco, right. yes. and I think judging any player or giving too harsh of a sentence on any player these past almost two seasons now I think is incredibly unfair. So that's why I'd almost be open to seeing De Fidel again. I want to see what she can offer. But I don't know what you do. I don't know how you do that again in good faith because it's. I do think this team...
1: Hey, are we going to talk about Cristante under Gasperini and Cristante under Di Francesco? I mean, Cristante was was statistically the best midfielder in Serie A last season.
0: Okay, well, that's a good segue. Gasperini is... Um, <laughs> I, I don't even know what to congratulations make of this.
1: john you're getting you're getting better at yeah, this you're getting I, better you know,
0: i don't even know what to make of this frankly i think it's stupid for them to even appoint a manager before announcing Petraki is a sporting director i don't know why are they are no. they going to um let me uh well let me say this <laughs> Petraki is essentially the sporting director um even our good friend, uh, Mr. Biafora wrote a bit about this, how Roma, they're going to be discussing contract renewals and that Petraki is going to be the one who has to face the likes of Dzeko, Kolarov, Juan Jesus. Um, I don't want to say it's done, but we're, uh, we're getting close. So part of me thinks that Petraki would undoubtedly have to give a sign off. I've, I think you have been on the same side as me as this. I don't want Gasparini in any way, shape, or form. I, I just don't. Does he does he move the needle at all for Roma? Does he take them to that next level? My, I mean, my answer is no. Maybe you disagree, but I, I think it, it, no. it, it, it.
1: I think it depends a lot on what Roma want to do because Gasparini is not a coach you bring in and you say, "Listen." this year we want to win the Coppa Italia and we want to make a good CL campaign or whatever, or a good Europa League campaign uh, and go out there and deliver. Uh, Gasperini, his work is difficult to judge because in Atalanta, he's done a brilliant job, but he, he's been there a long time. He's worked with a lot of the, the same players a long time and he sort of was part of a project. Now I don't like Gasparini as a person at all. I think he's 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 just a despicable guy. So you know, you can, I mean, this season he punched the steward yeah. in the face. You know, it's one right. of those egomaniacs, sort of like another Spalletti. Okay, but but as a coach, his work is difficult to judge. And I agree with you. I just don't know. If he would fit to what Roma can do, because at the same time, the big question, and this is really troubling because it's the 13th of May, Petrarchi is still not the official uh, sporting director. Massara is still giving out interviews. Nobody knows what the hell happens. What the hell, what's the idea? What, what is the, the project that Roma want to begin? What, what is this? Because then you have to figure out who fits the project. Because if the project, you know, is when as, as soon as possible, then Gasparini is definitely not your man. And I don't really know who else is out there besides the big names such as Sari and Allegri that can sort of make you hope for
0: that. So on the last podcast, I brought up how things with Conte were getting a little unlikely no so like, right. the longer it dragged out it was okay so the reason i use those words was i received a direct message on twitter from somebody who told me that the interview was coming out but since i couldn't confirm it with anybody else i hedged my bet a little bit and i didn't i, I used some some words some my, my stance was um i hedged myself a bit uh-huh. so i i wasn't i wasn't surprised that that came out um it, it it does seem it does seem like even when you refer to Sahri in the sense that it feels like anybody now is sort of just a massive disappointment it, to me i i think Sahari is still extremely difficult i think it's unlikely we'll have to see what happens with with chelsea in my opinion should they lose that europa league final maybe it's more likely that he does get the sack um but what what are your thoughts on this whole managerial thing because uh, it's I feel like it's just dragging on too long and you know part another part of me thinks that you see Roma getting results like this it makes the case for Ranieri even more more feasible and stronger even
1: um yeah I you know, it's uh, it, it seems like a lifetime ago we did the last podcast and we were all hopeful yeah. and jolly and, okay, maybe a little bit, you know, maybe a little bit more disappointed because it was all quiet on the Western for- front. Um, but I, first of all, I thought that interview was utterly classless and it was humiliating uh, for Roma and, you know, just not a – great thing. I mean, I, Conte has been doing a great job at marketing himself. Fantastic. Fantastic marketing campaign. <laughs> yeah. Bravo to him. Um, I, at the same time, I'm the same opinion as you are. I think I'm, I'm incredibly uncomfortable with, right now, with this situation that there is a silence around the, the sporting director job and there is a complete and utter confusion about the coaching position. And Sarri... I think he's done a great first season at Chelsea, despite everything against all odds, against a a locker room that clearly has trouble. Players like Hazard that are already thinking of their next destination. Higuain coming in and not changing anything or even making things worse. Um, And he still is in a Europa League final. He's still... Uh, locked in the Champions League spot for next year. At, at the same time, what are the options? And what are the other options? This is the scary thing because if, you know, if if there were other coaches out there, but who's out there? Who can Roma afford? Allegri with who the highest paid yeah.
0: coach in the league? Yeah, you you're the best at segues. You you really should work in television. Um, <laughs> I will have to put in a, a word to get you on La Signora Rosso.
1: Oh, make the call, man. Make yeah, the call. so you're
0: you're really good at this. So I, I'm sure many, if not most, have seen what Max Allegri said following their loss against Roma. He said right. something to the effect of. You know, I'd like to stay at Juve, but um, it would be amazing to win in this place. Roma is a magnificent city, magnificent fans, um, and it. Uh, a lot of the rumors, a lot of the whispers, are pointing to Allegri potentially getting axed or leaving, resigning, whatever. But it would. The result is the same. I listen. Um, if you could get Max Allegri at Roma, I, 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 mean, I would give some sort of appendage or some sort of major, um, some sort of major organ in my body to get him because I don't know if you could ever dream about doing better than that. No, I mean, I, I, I would take him over Saturday. I would without question. Yeah,
1: well, I I don't know. That's a, that's a difficult one for me. But I still think the he gets a lot of stick for the recent seasons uh, with uh, with Juve and you know him being a coach of of great players and not a good coach um, because people claim that he's achieved a lot and won a lot with you the Juve due to the players, but. I think the fact that he's been there for so long and managed to sort of be consistent with the team uh, for so long says a lot about him and the locker room. Now, the fact that some players have recently dropped off in their performances and there are talks of players being against him, you know, likes of Dybala, for example, first and foremost i I believe that I can buy it and i I remember his last time, few months at, at Milan were sort of disastrous very but this is i this i think is a coach that and I'm not talking about as someone who you know is thinking of getting him. I think it's very unlikely I think it's just rumors and it's the usual stuff that coaches say when they're at Roma or in Rome, should I say, and listen to interviews by Ancelotti or as we heard uh, Conte before uh this is a magnificent city, magnificent fans, blah
0: blah blah. Have you ever noticed everybody just, says you... that, but nobody ever arrives exactly
1: nobody ever arrives. We still get uh, the theuseio di francesco um so Roma is a magnificent city, but we still get the bad coaches um. It's. I think Allegri is a coach that can, that is very good tactically, and a lot of time when he gets it right, he gets it spot on. And the fact that he's managed to have this Juve team focused throughout every season from start to finish is is um, says a lot about him as a manager. And I have nothing but a respect for him. I. I think sometimes he gets things wrong. He made some questionable decisions this year and last year uh, uh, in the Champions League, especially. But who do who do Roma want? You know yeah. who again? Who's who's out there for us? Um, if if you're gonna ask the average Roma fan like me if they want Sarri and Allegri over Gasperini and Giampaolo, hey, you know. Obviously, they're gonna go for the first option. And no, I don't think Ranieri staying is staying as a possibility. I think the the last interview where he said this, my job is done, it, it says a lot about him. I don't know if it's something that the management told him. I think more that it's it's just him doing his own reasoning. It's it's him sort of admitting that. You know this is a short-term project, and it's time for Roma to make a big change in the summer. Start something new.
0: Well, he—I mean, he even admitted that he was offered some sort of director-type position, but then he said he said something really—the—the the, I forget his exact words, but they were just beautiful in the sense that he said something like, "My job and my passion is on the pitch. I don't like the the backroom stuff." I'd have to find his exact words, but yeah, I, I, I just feel like Dan yeti. And there's even times where it feels like his football, where having to watch this for an entire season, it would be like, Oh my God, this is, this isn't very entertaining.
1: Right. Compared to Di Francesco's football, this is fireworks, but compared to any other football, this is still sort of boring mid table football.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, it's just difficult because I feel like we, as much as we want a manager to be announced now, as much as we want somebody to be appointed who we, you know, somebody who we already know is going to be in line for the next season. I mean, really, I I think we're in this waiting game because it's, um, I mean, people could still be sacked. You could have surprise um, dismissals. I mean, somebody threw out the name Tuchel and I, I don't know how he would leave PSG, but uh, would I say no to him either? Of course not. Uh, there was another name thrown out yesterday, and I, I, I'm i going to assume this doesn't excite you either, but Blanc is not a name that just... No. 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 <laughs> Thank no, you. No, 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 no. no. Um, I mean, he was linked to Roma before they finally settled on Rudy Garcia, and even then, just... Uh, he does not excite even remotely. And then again, we've mentioned it before. The thought of Gianpaolo, I would come on here and leave the coordinates to my corpse because I would kill myself if Roma ended up doing that. I think, I think he's a terrible manager, um, personality-wise, just terrible. So it, it's like, as of now, as of this very moment, we have very few options. And that's it, it is a bit depressing because... Whether we want to believe it or not, I mean, Roma and, and Europe, I mean, they're one of the, what, biggest... I mean, we could debate this all day and someone will troll us about it, but whatever. Um, biggest, what, 10, 15, 20 jobs in Europe? I mean, whether we like it or not... That's whether we case. like it or not, yes.
1: Yes, that's the case. That's the case. But uh, I just don't see you know, the the, the spark out there. I think the the, the Xari is and it would be an exceptional opportunity. I said the same thing for for Conte, but those two possibilities are, are you know, are flaming out. So I really don't know if it's Man, if it comes down to, to Giampaolo, I swear to God, I would prefer Tyron Lu as the, <laughs> the coach of, of Roma. I uh. would literally be so happy if he became the coach instead of Giampaolo because that's another. This city is a big no-no for coaches that have no personality. Yeah. And Gian Paolo is one of them. Gian Paolo is... You watch his post-game interviews. He gets depressed. He goes home, smokes a pack of cigarettes. He always looks like he's die. going to
0: cry. If you look at his face resting, I mean, my yes. God, he looks like he's always sad. Uh, man. His,
1: his face is resting, yes. And yeah. it's it just in a, in a place like Roma. And again, I'm not because then you, you will have the usual Ambiente Romano coming after us. Oh, no, it's... no, 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 no.
0: Actually, <laughs> I think I unfollowed them. Okay, well, maybe they still follow you. A bit.
1: <laughs> but I'm what I'm saying is, we're not making this. You know, this is this is the reality of the situation. This team is a difficult team to coach. This is a difficult place to coach. Spalletti is the first uh, piece of evidence because he is one that struggled immensely with his ego and with the image of his ego. In this city and the media and whatnot. Um, so, you cannot have a coach that runs away when he is scared or depressed, like Gianpaolo did at Brescia. Um, you just cannot do it. And we need coaches that are not. I would look, I would take Gattuso over Gianpaolo if that's something, because Gattuso, personality wise, is someone I adore. But as a coach, we still need that sort of identity an identity roma need an identity roma need a coach with balls and an identity and i just who's out there who does who has those characteristics
0: yeah so Gattuso, clearly when it comes tactics i mean he is not very good um this milan side they uh, I mean, if let's
1: let's quote Gattuso himself. Yeah. Sometimes shit, sometimes maybe yes. not.
0: <laughs> you want to talk about Soprano's character? He talked exactly like one. He, I mean, he sounded <laughs> like Furio Junta. Um, <laughs>
1: Furio Junta.
0: So, um yeah, I, you know, I I feel like more than anything, what this Roma needs is a man manager, a guy with personality, a guy with balls our good friend Sandro Austini would in anyone a lot of people retweet this this tweet of his about how he would take Gattuso at Roma without question i have to say i've i've actually become more open to the possibility again we have to be very 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 clear tactically he is not anywhere no close um that is required but i almost feel like i'm at the point where i would i would I would sacrifice tactics just to get somebody in here who could just light a fire under everybody's ass, um, smack some heads around, because I mean you wanna I you you were we were talking about Jekyll, him moping around. I mean, it would take one training session from Gattuso, grabbing him by the neck, slapping him a few times, and who knows? Yeah.
1: I mean, look at how he handled that Bakayoko situation. Bakayoko told him mm. told him to fuck off. Next game, he Bakayoko starts uh, because Gattuso settled it, and and it's it's one of those things that I really I cannot I I cannot forgive Eusebio di Francesco because a lot of Roma's problems this season have been inside the locker room, outside of the pitch. Uh, players not getting along with each other, players that don't deserve to play, still getting starting time, still getting uh, uh, regular playing time over players that needed that playing time. Players like El Sharawi, who in the most crucial game of the season, and I'm talking the one at Porto, did not play a single minute. And and, uh, uh, to me, if this team had been managed... uh, off the pitch, better. If if this team had been held accountable in the beginning when we, we played subpar, but there was still a chance of getting back into it, we would not be here scratching our heads and, and hoping for Inter to lose against a relegated Kev.
0: I agree. So we've been doing it every, every episode since. Um, oh, Roma man. are now at the point where they don't control their own destiny. So... To close here, Roma really, really need things to to go in their favor. Um, Obviously, Atalanta, they need to lose. Milan need to drop points against uh, Frozenone, Spall. What are you thinking? Are you still, no, they don't qualify?
1: No, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I just don't see them qualifying. We can, I even see them winning these two last two games. I, I can see them doing that, but I just don't think that's enough. I think the competition is going to deliver and they're not going to make they're not going to make any other mistakes. I I, I I feel it. I feel that Atalanta is a team that will want to at all costs uh, get this fantastic result. Enter it's it's just meant to be for Spalletti to be on top of us. Um that is it. That is it unfortunately.
0: Yeah, and the biggest thing is I mean we can Everybody is pointing to the to the drop points against Genoa, but I'm sorry if if this team does not qualify for Champions League, it is not because of <laughs> drawing an away match at the Ferraris to Genoa. I mean, how many other opportunities can we look back this this season? It is and drawing Cagliari, to a relegated
1: Kievo exactly at mm-hmm. home. At home and then losing At to Spal. Up by two
0: goals. Up, up by, by two, two goals.
1: goals. Up by two goals and losing to Spal twice. Twice.
0: Awful. Awful, awful, awful. Um, they they only have themselves to blame. And I I just, closing here, I have to bring it up. But Anto- if, if Antonio Mirante had been the starting goalkeeper since January or February... Is this even obviously? We would be playing. The, we would be
1: playing the CL final against Liverpool. We would be there.
0: <laughs> He's been amazing. It, it's just been why the the golf and in quality between the two this season has been sensational. Just it's depressing a bit. So, all right, we'll leave it there. We will be back later in the week. We're not going to go another four or five days in between episodes. Um, we will be back later this week. Hopefully, who knows? We we could have some stuff on the manager we'll see um, but this is just carrying on we're i we're, we're we're in this waiting game now we're in the waiting game with the manager the sporting director the results of the other teams uh, this is this is now officially out of the hands of Roma and they now have to depend on others, which is not the most ideal situation to be in. But nonetheless, it's it's the one we find them or we find ourselves in as, as supporters. So uh, that's where we're going to end it, everybody. We will be back later in the week. As I said, uh, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, ciao.